1: Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, uh, clothing our spirit immortal, that we can wing our flight to realms unknown. And Lord, thank you, too, that even down here we can know that Jesus led us all the way. Lord, do lead us now as we open your word, open our minds, open our hearts to receive it as food from heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. Joel chapter three, verse one. Behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. They've cast a lot for my people. They've given a boy for a harlot. They've sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Yea, and what have you to do with me, O Tyre, and Zidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? Will you render me a recompense? If you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because you've taken my goat, my silver, and my gold, and have carried them into your temples, my pleasant things, the children also of Judah and children of Jerusalem have you sold unto the Grecians, that you might remove them far from their border. Behold, I'll raise them out of their place whither you have sold them. I'll return their your recompense upon their own head. I'll sell your sons, your daughters, into the hand of the children of Judah. They shall sell them to the Sabaeans, a people far off, for the Lord has spoken it. Proclaim me among the Gentiles. Prepare war, wake up. The mighty man, let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves. Come, all ye heathen. Gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened. Come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put you in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened. The stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake but the Lord will be the hope of his people, the strength of the children of Israel. So shall you know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy. There shall no strangers pass through her anymore. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters, and a fountain shall come forth to the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be a desolation. Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah because they've shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever and Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion." title of this message is four words, it's taken from verse two. It's plead for my people. Those are the words of God. God says that in verse two, for I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel. Those words that bring us now to the climactical end of the book of Joel, and this is a full unveiling, a full disclosing, a full bearing of the heart of God like we've never seen before in all the Bible, with God pleading for his people, my heritage, he calls them, Israel. The chapter opens with God looking at a certain time, a certain time, a certain days, where he sees all the history of the world moving to this one central part, where he calls it in verse 1, in those days and in that time. This is the time after thousands of years where God has said there has finally got to be a time when I bring the Jewish people back, and this is the time in verse one. I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. And the way that God states this time, in those days, in that time, he's emphasizing there will be days, there will be a time when God will bring back the Jewish people to himself, when he will bring them home. And this is the overriding theme. It's this word, bring again, as he puts it. It's word, bring back, that God is there pleading for his people to bring them back. You know, when God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, to earth, God the Father gave Jesus Christ one charge. He told Jesus Christ when he came to earth that he was to do one thing, and Jesus Christ spoke of this. As a matter of fact, he spoke, Jesus Christ said, this was why I was born. He said, this is why I was formed in the womb, in Isaiah chapter 49.5, Isaiah 49, 5, where Jesus says, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. That's why he was formed. He's called the Lord in Isaiah 49.5. And he says, I was formed in the womb to bring Jacob again to him. The word Christ means Messiah. The word Messiah comes from the word anointed, which was done to a person as he was being sent. So the essence of the word Christ is the word sent. And when we say that Jesus was sent, when we say Jesus Christ, when we're saying Jesus the sent one, by that second word, Christ. He was sent by God the Father with these three words about Jacob, bring him home, bring him back, bring him back again. That's why when Jesus was here, what he said about his, the reason he was here in Matthew 15, 24, Matthew 15, 24, he said, "'I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep "'of the house of Israel.'" because he was sent by God the Father to bring them back, bring them home. And this is what we see in the heart of God the Father. And And we see this heart in God the Father as we look at the parable of the prodigal son, and we look at the father of the prodigal son, and we can see that father coming out there to that hillside, just straining his eyes every day, and praying to God, oh God, bring him back, bring him home, he's left, bring him home. That's the heart of God for Israel as he turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring him home was the prayer of the father of the prodigal son. Bring him home is what Jesus Christ was sent to earth for. Bring him home was the prayer of Jean Valjean, in Les Miserables, and it gives us just a little picture of the heart of God in this chapter 3 of Joel. Bring him home. And you see within that heart of that man, bring him home, it's just a little picture of what God the Father turned to Jesus Christ when he sent him to earth, and he said, about Jacob, about Israel, about the Jewish people, bring him home, bring him home. Now God says in the Word here, bring him home again, again. He's talking about this has happened before in verse one. I shall bring again. God says that history is going to repeat itself. Israel was brought out from their captivity in Egypt. He did it in Egypt, and God will bring his people one more time again, he says, out from the captivity. But this time, the captivity that he is referring to here is the captivity of sin as jesus said in john 8:34 john 8:34 jesus answered and said verily verily i say unto you whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin there's an enslavement to sin sin is not just something you walk into its quicksand this is a captivity of unbelief, Romans eleven twenty. Romans eleven twenty. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, Romans eleven twenty three. They also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. God is able to graft them in again. Unbelief has caused the Jewish people to leave God, to depart from God. Hebrews 3.12, Hebrews 3.12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Unbelief has blocked the Jewish people from entering into heaven. Hebrews 3.19, Hebrews 3.19, they could not enter in because of unbelief. And now belief will come to the Jewish people, belief that, Jesus Christ is their God, and that belief will bring the Jewish people to no longer be away from home, but they'll be brought home. It'll make them to become the people of God, and that will happen when the Jewish people believe the meaning of the name of the author of this book, Joel, which means Jehovah is God, Jehovah Jesus is God. And he's predicting this in Zechariah 13.9, Zechariah 13.9, when he says, I'll bring the third part through the fire and we'll refine them as silver as we find and we'll try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. They shall say, The Lord is my God. They shall say, Joel. They shall say, Jehovah is God. Jehovah Jesus is God. We've all seen the movies of the Holocaust. We'll never forget, never forget, never forget the Holocaust. Terrible. Six million Jews were killed. There were 18 million Jews at that time before, and Hitler killed one third. And we call it the Holocaust. What is referred to here? in Zechariah 13, 9, is not one-third. It's two-thirds. It's one-third that survive. This is double the Holocaust, and there will be an outcome of this, and this is what's going to take for God to bring them home. Joel 3, 2, Joel 3, 2 says that I will also gather all nations. All nations indicates all the world and when they're all gathered together there'll be a judgment there'll be a judgment zechariah 12:3 zechariah 12:3 and that day will i make jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people and that all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the people of the earth shall be gathered together against it this is all about the nations and what they will do against the jewish people Because when God brings all the nations together against Israel, what's gonna happen is when they touch Israel, God says, you're touching a special part of me in Zechariah 2.8, Zechariah 2.8. He says, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, after after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, he that toucheth you touches the apple of his eyes. God will bring these nations, and when they go against the Jewish people, God says, you are touching the center of my eye. And this will all happen in one place, in a place called the Jezreel Valley, or the Valley of Jehoshaphat in the land of Israel. This judgment will occur there. They will be brought there, they will do these crimes against the Jewish people, and there they will be judged in that same valley. It's called in this chapter here, The Valley of Decision. Reminds me so much of a, when I was in Ethiopia, there was a murder case. It was about 60 miles south from where our Scanwise plant was, and we're in Budajir. It was in a, a larger town called Awasa, right by the lake of Awasa, where a murderer had stabbed a woman to death with a knife. And in that very, it was so dramatic, In that very spot where the lady's blood was shed on the ground, that very ground, they did what they do in Ethiopia. They set up a tent over her her blood, right there. And you know what they did in that tent? They held court. That was the place of the court. And the witnesses came forward, not some sterile place down on Front Street called the California Superior Court, But in the very spot with her blood on the ground, they held court and the witnesses came forward and they gave testimony right over the spot where her blood was, as if her blood was crying out, justice, justice, I demand justice for my blood. And the murderer was convicted of killing the woman. And then right on that very spot, Right on that very spot, the tent was taken down, the firing squad came and they killed him within three days. Right, he fell right in the place where the victim fell. Is anyone to you why there's not a lot of murders in Ethiopia? The point is that the, the judgment was carried out where the crime occurred. And this is the case here, that God is going to judge the nations in the very spot where they committed these crimes against the Jewish people. And when the nations are assembled in this valley of Jezreel and the scene of the crime is there, God says in verse 2, in verse 2, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people, for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Just as in Ethiopia, the court is set up in the scene of the crime in the valley of Jezreel. And the word plead, God says, I will plead for my people. It's a legal term. It's a legal term. When it comes time for the prosecution to lay out the court, it's called a pleading. It's called a pleading. And who is the lawyer for the Jewish people in this court trial? God himself. God says, I will plead for my people, for my heritage. And he says in Psalm 102.13, Psalm 102.13, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. So now the court is in session there and God stands up and calls Israel his people calls Israel his heritage as he defends them as he promised he would in Exodus 19:5 Exodus 19:5 Now therefore if you'll obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people for all the earth is mine Deuteronomy 32.9, Deuteronomy 32.9, the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. And then God prepares to fight for Israel. He calls on the enemies of Israel. He says in verse nine here, chapter three, verse nine, verse nine, he says, proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war, wake up, ye mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near, let them come up. So here's God now. God is now going from being the advocate, the lawyer to as it says in Exodus 313 what happened when Moses came when God came to Moses at the burning bush. Moses said, "Okay, you want me to go to Israel. What's your name? What's your name? Tell me what your name is." And one of the names that God gave in Exodus 3.13, this is when Moses said, Exodus 3.13, Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me, they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And a few chapters later in Exodus 15.3, Exodus 15.3, God gave one of his names. He says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Psalm 70, Psalm 24-7, Psalm 24-7, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That's how we see Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. Revelation 19, we see him as the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Revelation nineteen eleven. I saw heaven open. Behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that which with it should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron. He that treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. So in verse 9, in verse 9 of this chapter, Joel 3, verse 9, When he says, prepare war, he's saying, let the nations come to war with God. Just like it says in Psalm 2, verse 1, Psalm 2, verse 1, why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah, saying, let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords and here in this chapter, God saying, come, make your rage against God. Come, imagine you can overthrow God, just like the people at the Tower of Babel thought that they could build a tower that would reach God's throne so they could overthrow God. Come, he says, kings of the earth. Come, rulers together. Come against Christ. Come to have your restraints that God has put on you cast away. come. And this is what God is saying in verse nine. He calls on his enemies, go ahead, prepare for war. He says, he says in verse nine, let them come up. Come up against God. God says he's ready to meet them in the battlefield, in the scene of the crime, in the Valley of Jezreel. God says, you say you don't have weapons to fight God with? No problem, God says. Take your plows, refashion them into swords. I'll wake till they're ready. Verse 10, verse 10. Beat your plows, shares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears, and let the weak say, I'm strong. God's saying, is any of the nations who have fought against the Jewish people now saying we are weak? God says, be strong. Just say, I am strong. And now is in that court. God calls for the accused to step forward. Verse 12, verse 12. Let the heathen be wakened. Come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Now he takes his place as the judge. This is the summons to appear in court. Whether a person wants to or does not want to, they will appear in this court date. And God not only defends Israel, but God now sits as the judge in verse 12. Verse 12, there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. And just as that tent court was set up in Ethiopia, there was the defendant, there was his lawyer, there was the prosecutor representing the family of the murdered woman, and there sat the judge to hear each side and then pronounce the judgment and the sentencing. And looking at the judge in that tent was a real, there sits the judge. And that's exactly the scene. In verse 12, verse 12, "'Let the heathen be awakened "'and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. "'There will I sit to judge all the nations round about.'" Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, Email us at tomcanter@friendshipwithgod.org, at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.